Hi, everybody. It's Jack Mitchell, and I'm here again for SVO Podcast Perspective, SVO Perspectives. And I got to say that um, each week, I just get more and more excited about who I'm bringing on, what the topic is, discussing, and it doesn't hold any less this this year. Um, you know, since I started, I felt like at the beginning, this is just like a hobby, but now I'm so entrenched and great. And, you know, for folks out there that don't know this, um, you know, this isn't sponsored. This is this is me. I'm really reaching out. But it's just, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's cathartic for me because we're still in this pandemic. And it's just really something I think is really helpful, though, at the same time. So I'm not able to just touch and wait till all of my colleagues, but to get out there. So having said that, I want to get started with this week's um, exciting episode. Um, so Women's Month, in light of that, still want to put on a very, very strong individual here. Um, before I tell you her name, I have to introduce her properly. I must say properly because she is Bahamut in our industry. Uh, so she is uh, the deputy superintendent of uh, both season in um, Northern Catskills. Uh, she was a past president of Asthma New York, and I must say, the youngest ever. And so that's a big thing because she's actually younger than me, but I won't give any ages here. <laughs> um, she served on the Asthma National Board, which is huge. I mean, that goes beyond. I mean, I just got started in Asthma National myself. Um, it's great. Uh, a- extending our, you know, expertise and knowledge and just being connected to folks around the country is, is a great thing for our industry, I believe, and everyone should follow suit if and when they can. Um, she's also a doctor um, and with that, a professor now at St. Rose. That's a program that um, I don't want to say turns out SBOs, but it's doing a great job as far as um, getting folks ready and prepared for our field and um, giving them their certification. Um, and of course, she is super duper fun. I, I must say, I probably met her. Well, I know she's been in the field since 1999, believe it or not. Um, but I met her, I want to say like 2013, maybe like around that time when I was just getting going out to conferences. I never forget Albany. And I mean, from day one, I must say, I'm probably indebted to where I am because of her too. Um, she has such the pedigree, such the knowledge. I mean, I'm so excited she even agreed to do this episode uh, because um, I've always looked up to her. She's, she even gave me impetus to run for the board, and it was even a strong backing of, of me um, when I did so two years ago. So having said all of that, because I'm probably like halfway in the podcast now, <laughs> I want to I introduce Dr. Jenna Avery. How you doing there? Thank you. That was quite an introduction, Jack. I appreciate it very much. Did I do justice for you? That was good? Yeah, absolutely. I'm a little embarrassed, but I'm also... Ah, come on. Embarrassed? Now, you know, and I mean, your name, like, if if I thought maybe I might be a little popular here in Aspen, New York, you are by far way more popular, way more accomplished, polished. Um, And so... You know, with that, I want to get into the topic for today. Um, you know, your leadership, it, it just exudes just professionalism, lead by example. I mean, strong leader, whether whether it's woman or not. Right. So, um, you know, you, 
seriously, no, but you, you're one of the most talented and, like I said, accomplished leaders within our SBL world. So I want to pop this question off. What would you say is your leadership style? I'm just cu- curious. Like, well, how would you term it? Sure. Um, yeah, so we've been asked that a lot over the years. I think it's a, you know, a question we get in interviews. What is your leadership style? And um, we've been in workshops about leadership and probably taken personality quizzes and all of those sorts of things. And so I did struggle for a long time. On how would I put my leadership style um, into words? And I think for a while I used phrases, you know, that are like collaborative or transformational, things that you, you mm-hmm. learn to answer as part of that um, interviewing. Um, but then a few years back, I met a superintendent in our region who had done a lot of work around servant leadership. And so I did some research on that theory. Oh. And I, I believe for quite a while that the essentials of that um, theory are, are elements that I believe in that mindset, which is, you know, the the leaders should be serving the people in their organization, or the people that they work with, the students who are here. Um, and I want everyone to have those resources that they need to do their best work and become more autonomous, able to flourish. Um, mm-hmm. So I hung on that for a while, but just recently, like in the last month, wow. I started reading a, a book called um, Dare to Lead by uh, Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to read the book because it was so very popular. and People were loving it. And there were all kinds of groups around it. And I thought, well, let me see what this excitement is about. To be honest, at first, I, the book wasn't resonating with mm-hmm. me. She spent a lot of time talking about having the courage to to have clear conversations and that clearest kind. And uh, I don't think that's an area of weakness for me. If anything, I'm probably a little too clear at times. <laughs> uh, but it, there is a section of the book talk, that talks about living your values. Mm-hmm. Um, and she encourages people um, to really think about what their core values are, narrow it down to one or two words that encapsulates the rest of what they do, their behaviors. Um, and I spent a lot of time in the last month reflecting on what I might So I had about, you know, five or six words, things that were important to me. Um, and how do I really sort of drive that down into the choices mm-hmm. I make? What are the underlying values I live every day at work and life? Um, and so my two words that I really believe cover things are connection and caring. Um, because I care very deeply about the work I do here in schools. I care about the children. I care about their families, how they're impacted by the choices that we make, mm-hmm. the community that we serve, and the taxpayer that's spending their hard-earned money with us that yep. we're taking care of it, right? So that underlining caring really flows through how I lead with my staff. I might not be the person that remembers every birthday or puts on the baby shower, let's say, but I absolutely care if they have the right tools, they have the right training, that mm-hmm. I've given them the right support. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll be the first person that says, you know, I just heard you say it's your daughter's first day of um, school. Why don't you adjust your schedule, go there and be there? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the one who's chasing around my staff right now, not just mine, but all throughout the districts. Anybody still need a vaccine? Let me help you find an appointment. Yeah. Um, because I, I, I care very much, but I also care about the work we do as school business officials. So, you know, I want to understand which families don't have internet access and how we can get them that. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I want to find the grant that gives the first backpack program a start so that our children are eating. And, nice. um, you know, you know, I've been very active with forecast five. I saw, I heard you have Brady on the other day. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, what, what is so important about that tool is that you can really analyze spending, you find inefficiencies, you can spend them in an area, redirect those resources to places that make bigger impacts. That really all comes back to 
you know, the long answer here about my leadership style, which is you really have to live your own values, know what they are, minus, you know, caring and connection. Wow. I mean, listen, I got to say, <laughs> woohoo, because if people are listening to this, this is what I was talking about. This is what I, I felt would be a dynamic podcast episode. And you just bought it right away. First question. I mean, I'm, I'm, write, I'm trying to write stuff down. Dare to lead. I'm definitely getting that next. And I'm, it's, it's great timing, too, that I didn't interview you in January. I'm interviewing you here now. Right? That's We're right. Because a month ago, you got that book. And That's your, right. your, yeah. your, your values, I, I like that. You know, and you're with you. You said connection and caring. That's, that is so awesome and, and, and profound. So thanks, Jenna, for that. So I guess sure. taking this, right, um, mm-hmm. to now, how would you describe... I guess the qualities from everything maybe you've experienced or maybe that you read or run across that would make great and, and successful SBOs because that's that's what we want in the industry. We want us to all be great leaders, right? So yes, um, right. what would you say to that? So here in my position, um, I've been able to actually hire a few SBOs because we run, we have a Bosey's business office, we run a central business office, um, and I've been able to, you know, really think about the skill sets that I find most important to, to find the leader who's successful in those jobs. So here, so I've thought about my list a little bit um, mm-hmm. more probably than others who haven't been in that sort of recruiting path. I think you have to, to be a successful business official, first, right off the bat, you have to have integrity you have to be trustworthy you have to be ethical right those are those are right off the bat but you also have to be very hardworking and dedicated to the work Mm -hmm. to the finish Mm -hmm. so you have to have the ability to follow through on the things you say you're going to do and do them um no leader supervisor superintendent board they don't want to be following up right they want somebody who says i'll do this i'll follow right through to the end um but those are sort of overarching any um any business function. So what makes it different for a school business official, I think, is that you really have to care about the mission of schools. You have to really feel a drive or a passion for this work in particular, um, because it's not the highest paid financial job in the world. You have to really wish to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to, you want to provide the best opportunities and supports for the students that we're serving. Correct. Um, Along with that, though, I think there's really some important work around emotional intelligence, you know, the ability to interact and understand others, mm-hmm. um, being able to communicate information to non-financial people, uh, including your teachers, your instructional leaders, your community, right, your board members, Um you have to be organized. You have to be proactive in your work and your planning of your calendars. Mm-hmm. I think system theory is really important. So you creating this overarching structure that has internal controls and systems that work. Um, I want I want a team player. I want somebody with the ability who not just is part of the team but has enough confidence to say I I need a seat at the table. I think to be a successful oh. business official, you need to do that in a world where everybody else is educators. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You have to build relationships Absolutely. and it takes a balance of that confidence and balancing out the ego of being the expert. Um, but then learning from others, you have to be able to practice delegation. I think you have to have a real, um, sense of analytics, um, so mm-hmm. that you can find solutions, analyze data. 
ultimately you have to be smart, but also willing to continuously learn new things. You mentioned that I've been in the field since 1999. Boy, a yeah. lot of school finance has changed since 1999. Oh, yeah. Um, and sure. so I continuously have to learn new ways, new mm-hmm. technologies, new um, systems. Um, yeah. So all of those things I think are so important in making the business official. And the point I do want to make is I didn't list any technical skills. Um, I think technical skills can be learned. Okay. Certainly you, you take a background of somebody who can, can understand data and numbers and analysis and all of those other things. I think we can teach accounting. I think we can teach finance mm-hmm. rules. I think we can teach internal control systems. Um, but that other sort of greater yeah. leadership skills are, are what I would look for. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Oh, man. I tell you, spoken from a true leader. Oh, boy. <laughs> So um, I guess, you know, and I alluded to this earlier with women, with this being Women's Month, and I kind of want to stay a little bit to that theme. Um, I guess, do you think in our field, um, does gender play any role in leadership? Yeah, you did share with me we're going to be talking about women and the gender role in leadership. And so I, I had to think a little more about this. And I struggle with this question, not not mm. the question itself, but with my answer, because oh. to be quite honest, I, I don't think gender impacted my path in this leadership in this field. I don't think it impacted me. I don't have the place where I didn't get the job or I didn't get an opportunity because of my gender. And why I struggle with it because is because I really hesitate to give that answer because I don't want to take a single thing away from all of the women in the field who have felt that discrimination because I, I have heard their stories, their experiences are real uh-huh. um, and we should be listening to those stories um, yeah. so that we can improve our practices so that others don't um, okay. have that same experience. Well, well, now, well, yeah, well, I was trying not to cut you off, Jenna, but you know what well, I was going to say, well, you know what? I mean, I did put, you know, when I, I sent the question, I was like, you know, if so, if so, because it may not be so, right? Right. And so that's right. why, you know, if you feel it's not, then so be it, you know? But, I, but I'll tell you, I started, when I started, I went to many meetings where I was one of one or two, maybe three um, women business officials in a okay. room. Um, and so, uh, but I was very young as well. And so I often say, I felt a little, a little bit more um, hindrance from people based on my age than my gender. Like they just assumed she must be the secretary, not the business official, um, because I was young. Um, But maybe, maybe gender was there. I know if you talk to the women who are before me in this field, um, they would very clearly say, you know, there were no other women to see in this role. Uh, and even though I was, you know, we talked about being an ASBO um, president, I was mm-hmm. only the fifth woman to be an ASBO president. And it was like 60 plus years mm. of the association work. So I know that there are women who did feel that. And I also recently did some work with Jacinda Convoy, who's the attorney that works with NISCUS, um, oh, yeah. on the differences between men and women as they move into leadership roles. Mm-hmm. And we co-wrote an article recently for ASBO um New York's reporter uh, that came out last month, and we share a lot of research on the topic, um, but but more related to organizational that. hiring practices that leads to pay equity or who actually applies for the job mm-hmm. and the culture in which the organization has to support women. And I think there's a real risk 
to organizations who don't think about their practices because they may not be getting the most qualified person because they're not set up to support women in a way that women might mm, need. Okay. Um, and I say that a little bit more now than ever before because, you know, I'm a new mom. I'm calling mm. it a new mom. She's two years yeah, old. I know. You're so new. <laughs> right? So I guess it's still yeah. new, right? Yeah, so yeah. a little girl. Her name is Alexandria. And my path to Girl. this in this career would have been different had she come at a different time in my life. So I can certainly sure. appreciate um, the, the struggle of balancing family and work life. But I don't know if that's only female. I do think that impacts men as well. You know, my mm-hmm. husband is a school administrator and yep. every day we're having that conversation wow. about who is going to make daycare pickup, right? <laughs> and and so it <laughs> does limit, a, you know, your ability in some ways. So, um, so okay. anyway, I think it's an important topic. I think we should keep talking about it for sure yeah. and not, not let up on the idea. So I do appreciate the question. Yeah. No, thank you. And I thank you for your answer. It's great. And you know, you did mention something about work-life balance. Yeah, that just so happens to be my next podcast. So, I'll be plugging. Oh, I'll be plugging that in at the end. Another, another great, great woman there. So, um, I guess you know we're getting close to wrap up time, but I do have um, a couple more questions I want to ask of you. Um, you know, many of us face obstacles, right, on a daily basis. I mean, whether it be, you know, our our relationships, you know, with with members in the district or outside the district, um, or or just you know agencies, but. I want to know for you because you you know you're a great leader. What what affects your ability to lead the most? Yeah, so I think we are all in this moment feeling the fatigue of COVID. Oh yeah, I'll tell you. And so perhaps the question would be answered differently a year ago than it is now, but I'm certainly feeling it because the the daily tasks that are added to everybody's plate for compliance, mm-hmm. for tracing, for tracking, for reporting, um, are overwhelming. And they're taking time, a much limited resource of time, away from things I really would like to do to improve um, our organization um, or education in the state um, because we are focused on this at the moment. It also brings, you know, a different level of anxiety around the safety of our staff, the safety of our students, the safety of my own family, right? All back to those living those values that you deeply care about other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so all that's going on. And also, so time is my answer, not just COVID related. Also, I mentioned working parent, but yeah. there are limits to the time, right? Time. The daycare does close. You do need to pick up your child and I want to see her at the end mm-hmm. of the day. So. Um, you know, we still have to run for the dinner bath bedtime routine, and and, and you, you have children, so you understand that push, that pressure on timing. Um, you know, in, in my previous life and earlier life in this career, I didn't have that same sort of time limits. I could mm-hmm. take on a passion project, work on it a weekend. Keep and going, so right yeah. now, you know, I could travel with Aswan International. I went all over the U.S. and Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and that brought such amazing connections with so many top-notch school business officials that would drive a passion for me, one, in connectedness, right, but two, in just like, oh my gosh, I heard they were doing this, let me try that out at my place. Um, so so I've learned to be a little better delegator, I think I've had to, um, because you can't do everything yourself, the limits of time. Um, and I've had to ask for, um, you know, help sometimes, which is hard to do. I've had to start thinking about saying no every once in a while, which mm-hmm. is something I... Um, I struggle with. I'm not good at saying no. I don't want to say no to. Look, I'm on the podcast right now. My lunch break, right? Because I, I, 
I really <laughs> think you're doing important work and I want Thank to be you. a part of it. Thank you. Um, Squeeze it and in. so, you know, I think time is a limiter. And, yes. uh, and so we have to really work on prioritizing what is most important and most impactful. Great, great. Well, thanks, Jenna, for that. And so um, wrapping this up here, um, for those listening, I always do, you know, get the takeaways on the end. Um, just, you know, what lessons can really be learned from your experiences that maybe you could lend to, um, you know, to other SPOs out there. Okay. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really stuck to this, finding your values and living okay. them. Um, yeah. I think that's a lesson to be learned. I've just learned it, mm-hmm. um, or identified it at least. Um, so know what your passion is or if it isn't, because <laughs> I think you have to really be driven to do this work. If this isn't, and this has to be important work for you in order to be successful. Um, I think take risk, apply for the job, even if it's not perfect timing, if you don't think you have every, you know, bit of experience experience um find a mentor who uh, will help you I was really lucky to have two fantastic mentors austin gavin early on in cold spring harbor and then oh, yeah. uh, dr rick Timms. yeah <laughs> dr rick Timms, who everybody knows across the state he he yeah. could not have been any kinder to me nice. he literally ate lunch with me every day prompted questions encouraged me to think learn and i never was afraid to make a mistake with either of those great mentors um they had support so th- those are so find those people and mm-hmm. if you're ready to be a mentor be somebody else's mentor Help, yeah. help them along. Yeah, um, and the last thing I would say is, um, I told you my other value is really connection. Mm-hmm. And I would, I love to get to know people. I loved being a part of our professional association. It brought me great fun and joy, great friendships. Um, I yes. wouldn't be here if I didn't meet you at a NASCO conference, right? Mm-hmm. Amazing partnerships. <laughs> um, and I think network is in, integral to success. So if I could leave one thought with people, it's really to build your network. Oh, yeah. And get I'm a big networker. I believe in that 150%. Well, great. Great. Well, thank you again so much for taking this time. Like I said, on your lunch. Um, I, I owe you a lunch then when I see you. Um, <laughs> That's right. So, so good stuff. Um, more continuous. That's you. Good luck with budgets and stuff and everything. So, um, thank you again. You. So, this is uh, Jack Mitchell, SPO Perspectives. Sign up for another weekend. Don't forget, next week, uh, we'll be talking about work-life balance. Um, a very, very, very another strong a woman guest and um, look forward to it. So everybody have a good one. Talk to you soon.